Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Usually that's the case. <laughs> My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And it's become sort of a tradition on our podcast where once a season, every you know 25 episodes or so, we do uh, what we call an original showcase episode where we just use it as an opportunity to share some of the music that we've been either creating recently or from previous projects that we thought, you know, our audience might enjoy. Some of this, like the amazing piece that uh, we're hearing playing in with, <laughs> is done in a chiptune style or as kind of in homage to a specific game soundtrack or composer. And some of it is just That's how from nerdy we are, other... everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of it is from actual games that we've worked on or together. Or nothing to do or with games. Yeah. Or yeah, some of this stuff is just um you know music composition i think we've had songs with lyrics on I this i think podcast we can before, say that so. it's all music it's all audio right everything we're sharing I, one is of my some tracks sort of will definitely push the boundary of what you can consider <laughs> music or 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 not and if anyone knows will that's really what his you know creations are all about yeah exactly i'm all um, about the experimental stuff <laughs> so what you guys just heard if you're a little confused that was a tune of mine called carton around carton with a k obviously um that was from a battle of the bits one hour battle it's a series that happens every week where there's a different snes sample pack that everyone downloads and everyone has an hour to make a tune in whatever you know it might be plock one week and then this week was super mario kart um it was i think it was about a month ago at this point um so this was my one hour composition that i made with the super mario kart samples um and i had a really good time with it (laughs) fun so how does that work do they just give you audio files as samples or so what they do is they give you a zip file um and it's kind of it's not necessarily every single sample from the game but it's a lot of them and you don't have to use all of them you can use one you can use five you can use however many you want and luckily the program that we use a lot will um is able to um not just take spc files but it can even take wave files Uh, and so that's what these are so i'm able to just load them in that same program in c700 um, or in yes the sample? in okay. c700 so that's kind of how how it works and then i just go to town and i just made uh, this track as quickly as possible so yeah it's it's a little silly but uh i had a good time with it uh i think that's about all the explanation we need i'm definitely really excited for some of the stuff today some un, some cool unveilings some exciting projects that i you know, can't wait to share some stuff from. So let's get into it, shall we, Will? Yeah, this is the first time we've done one of these episodes, I think, right around Christmas. So uh, I yeah. actually, the, I have a turkey cooking in the oven as we record this. So I'm, Ooh, I feel... Probably smells um, good. Yeah, it does. I, I'm in a very good mood today. I also just finished my semester yesterday. So I'm... And you just finished... Uh, I won't give it away. You, you finished something we're going to share today. Okay, well, let's start things off with... Is this what I think it is? Is this one of my favorite uh, chiptunes you've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, because I wrote this one with you specifically in mind. This is it's the that first yes. tune I ever wrote using FM Drive, um, which is something that, you know, if I've ever wanted to use those kinds of sounds i'll usually just send the midi to carl um (laughs) or it's been projects that we've collaborated on but i don't think i may have done some you know genesis chiptune years ago with vopm but Mm -hmm. i finally got around to buying 
FM drive back in the summer and I wanted mm-hmm. to make a sort of funky, groovy Genesis chip tune. And this I was is definitely absolutely thinking of delightful. I something love that Carl this song. would like. And it has a it has a solo in it. So I <laughs> again very, very Carl style. Let's take a listen to Will's chip tune, Neon City. guys are listening to will's really funky neon city i gotta say something when i was listening to this you guys i'm sure heard the the really um awesome and surprising feel change that that happened there to me it feels like you're entering a casino like level and then you collect whatever you need to and then you leave and you go back outside that's like what it felt like to me (laughs) definitely yeah it was kind of a quirky choice doing that uh switch between straight eighths and swung and also just musically it suddenly goes into this jazz kind of thing um, well, I don't which, know where you got that idea because modern chiptunes are not quirky and eclectic at all. So that's really strange. <laughs> well, that you I think that. the thing is, is like so much music that I've written in this style is more kind of for an actual game or for a project. So what's fun is when I'm making music just for myself, I can kind of do these far out choices that yeah. not everyone might go along with. I kind of want to fade up here in just a second so you can hear this solo because yeah, it's very it's love so letter good. to Carl. Yeah, what I love what I love about this whole track is uh, I-, I hear what you're talking about with like some some changes and some some groove elements that that are maybe reminiscent of the stuff I do, but it's still coming from your mind, and so you can't um, you can't not be yourself too, even as much as you try. So that's what I love about this track is it uh, it still feels like a will track, but it's like you doing this kind of funk, not pastiche, but um, it's going for a specific style that I don't hear you do very often so yeah this was a, a real yeah, delight. i think i was just very influenced by the sounds and just kind of the, the type of thing that i feel like the genesis does best which is like groovy and kind of funky but oh, melodic man, yeah. you know because i feel like that the best music on the genesis isn't necessarily the sort of flashy stuff that's showing off the sounds it's the music that's yeah. really well structured um and so yeah that was fun well we're going from a Genesis sound to an SNES sound here. Now, this is perfect timing. So I've been talking about this for weeks and weeks now at this point, but the the really massive and ambitious collaborative compilation project, The Ultimate Hum, is, is coming out this coming Saturday. If you guys are listening to this episode when it comes out, which is the 21st of December, it's coming out the 26th on Saturday. Um, so we're going to try to post it on our social media Hopefully we'll, we'll spread the word. But yeah, the album is called The Ultimate Hum. 
and it features a ton of awesome artists, uh, all from the Battle of the Bits community. And so this started a series of four-hour, it was, uh, battles every Saturday for a number of weeks. And the best stuff uh, basically made this album. And so it's an imaginary Super Nintendo OST. Uh, I think most people took influence from a lot of JRPG uh, uh, scores. And so there's not specific limitations. It's SNES, um, some NES in here, and there's also even some modern stuff thrown in. So it's definitely a hodgepodge of different things. My track is SNES, but I wasn't limiting it to eight channels at all. And so it's kind of this expanded SNES sound. I'm really happy with this tune. It's one of them that made the album. It's called Crossing the Frigid Icelands from The Ultimate Hum. Let's check it out. guys listening to crossing the frigid icelands this is from the upcoming the ultimate hum album which is going to be releasing on december 26 so stay tuned for that i can't wait for everyone to hear it there's some amazing music from so many different people that i really respect um in you know a lot of different styles uh, a lot of different sounds but it is also cohesive as well so um yeah there's there's a section that i'd like to fade up a little bit we can we can uh, kind of talk over it but um yeah it's it's this harmonized section where finally the the two leads that we've heard before the pulse and the guitar are finally harmonizing um this was one of my favorite tracks i think that made the album uh, it's very massive in vibe like if when you close your eyes to me it feels like you picture this really big snowy frigid Iceland. as far as the eye can see it's just nothing but snow and ice well i think it's a great track for a compilation album like this because it doesn't sound like any one specific super nintendo soundtrack like i hear yeah. elements from f-zero i hear elements right? from kirby i hear elements from rpgs but it's also like the chord progression is 
more free flowing and much less functional. I forget what was yeah. it? there was a game we were talking about either last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, where we were talking about. Um, oh no, I think it was the Yasuke Yasui episode where we were talking yeah. about his use of um, non-functional harmony. So these surprising right. chord changes that are these borrowed chords that in a more traditional jazz context might be implying a, a new key shift yet then he'll negate it and go backwards yeah that's that the kind of thing here. that you do mm-hmm. in this track where there's a lot of chord changes where you get a spicy color but it's not setting something else up i was thinking when i was composing it just like a straight up location theme but the organizer of this project when when he heard it he was thinking like a boss fight some sort of boss fight that has multiple levels and layers where different things happen at different times and so i liked that the imagination of that but yeah that's just a taste. The only thing I'm playing today uh, from that album. So if you want to hear all of the tracks of mine that made that compilation, definitely check it out. Okay, back to you, Will. Cool. So um, several months ago, one of our good friends on Discord, Forrest, uh, asked Carl, Marty, and I if we would write some music in the style of Bomberman, the Bomberman right. series and Jun Chikuma, because he was starting a new show called The Bomb Show, uh, which has since been released. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really love this idea, and I thought it would be really fun to write music that celebrates Bomberman because for that particular series, I don't really associate one particular sound palette um, yeah that's true there are bomberman games across so many different platforms so i sort of thought it would be fun to make a piece of music that hopefully gets in the spirit of jun chikuma and some of her characteristics and just the fun energy of that series but yeah. use instrumental colors from a variety of different chip sounds so there's I some like snes in here there's some genesis there's some game boy there's some nes but i didn't try to kind of okay this section is now switching to this sound i tried to Weave them all together it all so it together. sounds like yep. one piece, hopefully. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun with this one, and it's called When Mom's Away, the Bombs Will Play. guys listening to the absolutely delightful when mom's away the bombs will play 
This is a Will composition, and not only did you nail the sound and the spirit of Bomberman and Junchikuma, Will, um, but you also brought in your own flair, your own compositional flair into it, especially as a couple moments when I really hear your style of melody writing. And it just reminds me of, of great video game music from this era as well. And so it's an overall love letter to 16-bit era music, but clearly there's there's some winks and there's some nods to the Bomberman series. I love the, those harmonized breakdown riff moments are just so classic. Uh, there are times Thanks. when it feels like you're playing a Bomberman stage here and then all of a sudden like a Street Fighter 2 character comes in because <laughs> there's a little bit of Street Fighter at times, but this is so good. Yeah, I mean, I think that what's fun to me about music of that series is there are a lot of quirks that definitely set it apart from other games like oh yeah Chikuma's love of Arabic musical scales um, as well as kind of the 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 playful nature of like flirting with the tritone there's something about the kind of goofy off the wall nature of the music yet there are so many moments in the series that what is great about the musical language is what's great about all video games. It's just very yeah. poppy and infectious. So I wanted to kind of make a piece of music that can sort of cover all of that territory that you have stuff that's like quirky and has that darkness a little bit yet. You also kind of pay off some of those like fun dancey video game for moments. Sure. But I really, I think one of my favorite parts in this track, just in terms of how I feel like it captures Jakuma's voice, is the very end before the turnaround. That oh my that, god, with yeah. that little Love instrument. It. There's like something about that that just feels very hurt because it's sort of cheeky that everything cuts out and then you have this little devious line. That is such a delightful track, man. A lot of energy so far on this episode. Well, let let's keep it going. Um, I am going to play a Genesis track now. This is actually a new Sonic-esque tune that I put out this summer on my YouTube channel. Um, I kind of had what I was calling like the summer of Sonic-esque. Every month uh, of the summer, I think it was, uh, I think it was actually just July, August, and September. So every month of those three, I put out a new Sonic-esque tune just for fun. Uh, and this was one of them. It's called Charging Alloy Zone. And for this one, um, not only was I thinking about Sonic music, obviously, but I was kind of just thinking about Sonic-esque music and like what was inspiring me back in the day when I made my first Sonic-esque album and trying to to go for the sound of the series of albums as well as just uh, Sonic. And so, yeah, with that in mind, let's take a listen to Charging Alloy Zone. You guys are listening to Charging Alloy Zone. It's a new one-off Sonic-esque tune that I put up this summer. And what I did for these uh, videos is I made little scrolling animations, uh, a background of an imaginary 
Sonic stage with different textures. Um, I had a good time with that and a great time making this music. I couldn't resist going back to that classic sync lead that I used uh, in a lot of the Sonic-esque volumes. It has become kind of classic in a way to me. And so, uh, yeah, this one, I, you know, I really turned my brain off and just had fun. And um, I'm happy with this. It's interesting how writing this kind of music equals you turning your brain off. Because I think for a lot of people, <laughs> they would be really amazed at that because there is a lot of great interaction. And I mean, one of the things that makes Genesis music so great, I mean, I think we, we love to talk about melody and chord structure and form and stuff when talking about what makes a great chiptune, because it's kind of like what makes a yeah. great song. But Genesis music, which is different than, you know, simpler stuff like NES or Game Boy music, there, there is sometimes what makes it great is the interaction of all the inner lines. And Many the times that's what so makes that it great. Yeah. Nothing is not stepping on each other. So and that's something that you do really well in the Sonic-esque um, albums, whether they're more authentic to the Genesis sounds or not. The idea right. of the composition... Um, to me, what I love about some of the early Sonic essays, they actually sort of remind me of the sound world of like Masato Nakamura's uh, synthesizer demos that yeah. he made for um, the first two Sonic games before they were implemented. Um, and that, that kind it's of a 90s quality. Lead, yeah, it has a very retro sound to it. Um, but it's definitely in the vibe of what works for Sonic. And I, yeah, I do have a lot of nostalgia for these kinds of sounds and just your own. I mean, you talked about my melodic characteristic, but I can't think of a more Carl <laughs> thing than yeah, da, 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 da. Like there's oh, something funny. about that. That's very Carl. I could recognize that even if it weren't <laughs> a sync lead in the Genesis track. That's hilarious. Well, let's keep this going. Uh, Will, what do you got next to play for us today? So this is a, a theme piece of music that I wrote for a film that I was working on here in my graduate program at Columbia College. Cool. Um, the The movie that we were scoring takes place in northern Minnesota. So it was kind of this nice... It was interesting, you know, working on this this film about Minnesota in Minnesota while I'm That's living cool. in Chicago. But it was kind of cool. So uh, I sort of use this theme piece as an opportunity to capture some of the images and feelings that I get when I think of kind of an area like the Boundary Waters or right. the kind of woodland hikes that, you know, our family used to take growing up. So... Um, it this it's a very simple track. It uses like singing bowl, some strings, um, acoustic guitar, and I actually tuned oh, cool. down the lowest string so it has a sort of baritone guitar sound, and then just some very simple solo string colors. But yeah, it's kind of a short track because it's just one of those theme pieces to set the mood of the type of thing that you would do in the film. Well, let's take a listen to the North Woods.
That was really beautiful. You guys just listened to the North Woods. Well, I love that juxtaposition of new and old. It reminded me of modern score in that it was minimal and you had some quasi like electronic moments here and there. Um, but it was also very calm and serene and kind of reminded you, like you said, of nature. And so that, that simplicity of like acoustic instruments mixed with some just tastes of modern maybe production um, I, I really happen to enjoy. So yeah, it's it's a cool mixture. Thanks. I'm I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, it. Yeah, when I for the actual score, I ended up not really having enough opportunities to use some of those electronic colors that I wanted to, and it was much more yeah in my perspective more of a sort of like cliche acoustic palette. Um, but I yeah. really like how this one turned out because I uh, what that is actually is just um, acoustic guitar put through bit crushing as well as delay and everything. Okay. Yeah. It has this like just really grimy sound to it, but there's something digital, but to me, um, I didn't lose the images. Like I, it still felt Mm -hmm. kind of like, the woods and it, it just gave yeah, that's it a little why bit I was, of like mystery that's why I was and chilliness. It's, it's a really nice balance um, and it feels modern and fresh, but it also reminds me of, you know, something that could evoke times that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Thanks. Yeah. I, Emma has this singing bowl that she got as a gift um, several years ago. I forget where she got this. Um, and so I actually recorded sample of this sort of drone of me playing the singing bowl. And I use that a lot in the score to kind of pitch up and down and to create. Yeah. That has sort of a nice simple texture because it, mm-hmm. it's not electronic but it has this it produces an almost sine wave-esque yeah simple kind of tone i love that it's like real electronic music that's really cool um well guys let's keep going now uh, i'm going to play one track today from the album that i put out this summer downforce i thought why not um it's it's one of the projects i'm the most proud of um as a musician so far Uh, This was a collaboration with our friend, our good friend Carlos, who helped me conceive of the project and come up with ideas, did the art, uh, was a really big help and a great collaborator on this project. I had a blast. It was maybe one of my highlights of 2020, to be honest. Um, So, yes. You know, there's so many highlights, really. (laughs) Let's play a track from it. This is Zenith Centrum which features uh, my good friend Aaron Hedenstrom on saxophone. This is from Downforce.
guys are listening to Zenith Centrum from Downforce. This one features Aaron, um, one of the few tunes that features him on sax. I uh, was so delighted to write this with him in mind. Will, you were a big help. Um, you guys might not know this, but Will helped me out with some of the um, part making for the tunes uh, that I had to give to Aaron to play. And so he made really great sax charts for me, uh, made it look really pretty, and made it possible for Aaron to be able to play this and record this in a fairly short amount of time. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, Wolf, and it was also fun. That. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. I mean, these are such great tunes, and it was really fun to get this material from you. Um, and one of the things that I enjoyed the most about making the charts, you know, because the difficult part was actually transcribing the very kind of soloistic melody that you very wrote. soloistic, um, improvisatory. With, and then there's just a lot of decisions about articulation and color and how to phrase things. So that's more meticulous. But my well, favorite you know what part I love? of it was transcribing the the chord progressions because the chords here yeah. are so interesting. Well, and, and I that had was to so sort of helpful. figure them out so that Aaron could solo. Over them. I'm so glad you did that because. He he was telling me when he sent it over, he did a few takes and he was like, you know, I finally solved the puzzle of soloing over this tune. And if you didn't have those changes written out, I think it would have been even harder. Um, I didn't quite realize like just how hard that might have been um, because it's a very quirky progression, but he made it sound easy. Uh, and right. yeah, one of my favorites from the album, I was I was enjoying the idea of having a drum and bass and electronic type beat um, on a real drum kit. And so there's that sense of tempo do got to get to got that really kind of syncopated drum and bassy kind of groove. But then to make something that is very apart from that genre, uh, chord wise and melody wise. It's kind of this cheesy fusion y video game sound. <laughs> yeah, well it's this is another great example of non functional harmony. But it's a blend. You know, some of those yeah. slash chords do actually lead you into new keys and that's stuff. True. But some of them don't. So it constantly it constantly keeps you guessing. I imagine that's one of the things that was tricky for Aaron is there's so much chromatic sidestepping and shifting and going to different chords and because it isn't all functional um, yeah. I'm sure he has a lot of muscle memory of like how to solo over like a two five one moment. Yet it's much more difficult to to like treat each chord as its own island because sometimes right. it's kind of like, well, yeah. what scale do you play over this? Because what key is it implying? And then how do you get? And from he here did to there? some. What was interesting is in the different takes, he did a few different approaches, and you could you could hear when he finally landed on what worked really well. And yeah, there's there's few things as rewarding and entertaining is listening to stems sent over from Aaron soloing over uh, you know a tune you wrote. It's just it's such a great feeling. So yeah, uh, there you go. The little taste of downforce. If you haven't checked that out yet, you can find it on our Bandcamp. All right, Will, back to you. That's so much fun. God, I love that track. Uh, I'm going to play another theme piece. This is another short composition that I did in school. I'm really happy with how this one turns out. For the most part, it starts very simply just with piano, this very soft kind of intimate felt upright piano. And then eventually these very sprightly um, colors of the orchestra come in. But I'm really happy with this theme um, one of the things that I feel like has been best about my program is I'm around so many talented composers and so many people that are so great at writing melodies. So it's something that, you know, whenever I get the opportunity, I really want to work hard to write themes that I think can mm -hmm. uh, stand up there with the work that some of my classmates are doing. So I'm, I'm really happy with how this turned out. This is Florence's theme. 
absolutely gorgeous. Florence's theme composed by Will. Really, really tasteful, beautiful, restrained stuff. Will, there's something in this track that reminded me of something you said. I, th- I think it was a couple weeks ago again, and I don't remember what episode it was on. Who knows? Maybe it was the Yasuki one. Um, there's, there's times in this piece when the melody is very simple. And um, maybe you could say expected, but it's over chords that add complexity. Sure. So it might be like if you just play the melody on its own, if you pl- if you harmonize it in a different way, it would be a little simpler. But you're adding complexity, not just from a hard melody. You're adding it from like when the chords change and what the chords actually are changing to. And so I thought that that was really effective because, again, it's that... It's that balance where you want it to feel simple and natural, but you also don't want it to be boring. And mm-hmm. I think that you definitely achieved that with this. Well, thanks. Yeah. And it's, it is a, a tricky thing. Um, and I think what was really important to me for this melody is that I wanted the shape of it to be really recognizable. So that yeah, that's, idea that's what of I kind noticed. of reiterating, yeah, da, 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 da. That's like anytime repetition. you do that where there's so much repetition with one thing different, um, I find that's a good way to have a melody work in a motivic way. So in a film, anytime you hear that kind of bum, 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 your ear mm. has been sort of trained to listen out for those pitches. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really, I'm happy with how this uh, turned out. And that was, it was fun to get to use my uh, ocarina a little bit there at the end. You know, Will, I'm, I'm so glad that... The, the tracks you're bringing in today, you have a few of these ones you've been doing this semester because they really add a nice contrast in sound palette today because otherwise, if it was just my tracks, oh boy, I've been doing a lot of 16-bit uh, era music this year for whatever reason. This is a project that I'm really excited to share. Uh, I was telling Will a little bit about this a while back, but I've been actually getting quite a few commissions this year for different projects, some of them one-off themes, some of them for a game. This is a game that I'm actually working on. It's called Spell Blaster. And this theme, uh, the Twitter account of this game, they actually shared this theme a couple days ago uh, with, with people. And so it's been, it's been really fun to hear that. This is the world map theme of this game. It's kind of like an action puzzle game. And uh, fun fact, this was originally going to be kind of the title theme. Um, Eventually, the dev kind of changed his mind what sound he wanted for that. And he wanted something actually a little bit more energetic for that, but really loved this and, and wanted to use it for the world map theme. So it's a very relaxed track. Now, this score is is basically just Genesis. Uh, again, I'm not limiting myself to a number of channels, but it is all Genesis sounds. Let's take a listen to the world map theme from Spell Blaster. Thank you. 
Guys, are listening to World Map Theme from Spellblaster. One thing that I wanted to do later on in this track is a bit of an Easter egg. There's a solo that starts. Uh, most people would have, you know, selected their stage at this point. Um, but if they, if you know, one of the things he wanted for this theme is to give the option of someone to take a little break and a little breather and put down uh, the game for a second and just enjoy the music. And so that was what I was going for. That's so fun. This is really charming. Thank uh, you. I really love the way that that sort of bell chime instrument whether uh it's literally a doubled extra channel or whether Mm. it's part of the modulation settings uh, accenting that upper overtone but it's really charming and it makes me think of a lot of the in-house sega composers um and it makes me think of things maybe almost like jewel master or or genesis games that are a little bit more in the positive cute side of emotions um yeah yeah, this still has a really laid-back fun groove to it uh and i also like how you know, you talked about that solo, but this is also a melody that kind of like that Zenith Centrum one is a little bit soloistic in its oh, yeah, absolutely. structure. And so I, I really like when you can hear that type of melody done in a way where it's set with so much octave doubling. Yeah. Um, because it almost is the sound of like a pianist who's soloing in octaves or something. Yeah, exactly. Like this very uh, free-flowing but also structured and organized sound to it that is it's a nice juxtaposition there, I feel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, let's go back to you, Will. Yeah, this is a track that we did together, actually. This is for the game that uh, is currently titled Unstable Scientific. We've shared several tracks from this over the years, and it has mm-hmm. overall sort of like an 80s pop electronic sound. Um, it's and pretty quirky. <laughs> yeah, this is a character theme, and we had a little bit of a different workflow for for this track. A lot of the tracks yeah. we've done have been, um, I've written like the musical material, and Carl's done the arrangement and production. Uh, for this one, we thought it would be fun to try it in the opposite way, because I had just yeah, gotten... Yeah, flip it on its head. I had just gotten Omnisphere for my electronic orchestration class. Um, and I was having a lot of fun playing around with different um, synth colors and electronic uh, production sounds and styles. So this one, Carl yeah. actually wrote the melody and the musical material, and I did my best to sort of arrange it. Uh, it's very cute and very pop. <laughs> um, and yeah, I really love the theme that Carl wrote, and I had so much fun working on this with him. So this is Sweet. Pixel's theme from Unstable Scientific.
guys listening to Pixel's theme from Unstable Scientific, which we're still working on slowly but surely. It was a real delight to get this finished um, arrangement back from Will. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where when you write something fairly quickly, you don't forget it, but it's kind of out of your mind. And then uh, however long it took you, a couple days, a few days, when I got this back, it was like, oh, I can be a fan of this uh in like this weird objective way too because like I just loved the production I loved all the sounds and just how it all came together and so I love collaborating <laughs> because yeah, of that like it, you can and it's cool when especially when the collaborating is so distinct and separate you know if we were yeah. working on the melody together or like the real form of the piece at the same time there'd sometimes be that... that's harder yeah uh, but it's cool to kind of have like I, I know what I'm allowed to do and sort of what I'm not. I mean, it, it isn't exactly that way because it's like if there's something I didn't like or there's something I had a question about, I could just call you and we could discuss it. Right. Um, but it, more or less, it was sort of like this is the piece. I'm not in the composing melodic form structure side. I'm in the like, how can I add color to this and how can I bring this line out and how can I, you know, take the the raw material production's so and cool man things. yeah i love all the stuff he did there's this one Thanks. little small solo um that i was like worried that it was going to sound dinky when i just sent you the data but it sounds so cool and like purposeful and there's this like bright shimmering color on the right channel that really opens things up and it it just has this brightness that i just that was one particular section that i was like wow that works really well thanks yeah that's a uh a pad um, from Omnisphere that's pretty, uh, I don't want to say overused, but it's a very popular Omnisphere patch called yeah. Agape Sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like that it has a kind of retro in-your-face quality with some of the brightness and everything yep. that I thought would For really sure. fit this character and this sort of quirky technological song but i love this melody and it feels like a extra track from downforce in terms of the progression <laughs> cool. the rhythms of the melody so i don't know it's really fun to kind of do a track like that but rather than in a sort of like jazz fusion acoustic hybrid sound in a totally electronic yeah. computery pop sort that of was style. a blast um really fun with that one okay um speaking of retro let's move on to something very retro um, you guys know that every once in a while, and Battle of the Bits is, is always a good excuse for this, I make some general MIDI music. It's very nostalgic for me because it was actually the very first music I ever composed way back when I was like maybe 12 years old. I made music on Cakewalk, which was this old MIDI program. And there was an actual battle uh, this past fall. I think it was called like MIDI Death Battle or something. So everyone uh, had to submit general MIDI tunes. (laughs) And this was one that I made for that. And Will, if you were hearing Downforce vibes in in that previous track, you're definitely going to hear it in this one. Some energy left over in the tank, I suppose, uh, from Downforce for me. This is uh, a tune I had a lot of fun making. It's called Boundless Beach. Let's check it out.
You guys listening to Boundless Beach, and uh, yeah, Will was asking some questions about uh, how I did this. So when I make uh, these general MIDI tunes these days, what I do is I write everything and put everything down in Reaper, uh, which is a really easy way for me to do that. So all the stuff is there. I'll put on like temporary patches just to kind of compose the tune. And so I'll have all the material, all the data there on Reaper, and then I can export a project MIDI, and then I open that up in Cakewalk. <laughs> I do, yes, I do use Cakewalk. <laughs> I have an old external hard drive that I still have it on. So I open that up in Cakewalk, which I can pick all the instruments and do all the, like, quote, MIDI mixing at that point. And yeah, Will was, was asking, like, about delay. Like, the only way to get delay is you literally have to have a separate channel where you take everything and slide it to the right, like how they would have done it on the NES. So, um, I think yeah. that there's probably a way to do it in Reaper using that re-control midi app i think there's some way of that generating instrumental sounds i'd be curious to like i wonder how other people that do these general midi compositions like what what program they use to select yeah the sounds because it is interesting midi is a i'm pretty not sure robust... if i didn't have cakewalk i don't know what i would do but for me it works like a charm because i i i've used cakewalk you know for so many years it's been a while but you know way back in the day and so i know how to use it and so for me, it's actually quite easy to just start with Reaper, export the project MIDI, and then take it over with Cakewalk. But yeah, uh, this one was a lot of fun. Clearly, it's it's like a tropical beach, uh, jazzy good time. Uh, there's a lot of meter changes and a lot of slash chords, and there's a piano solo at one point. Um, I basically just went all out to try to make as entertaining of a MIDI as I could. That's really fun, man. It's cool. It's kind of like in, the, in between like a chip tune and a using virtual instruments kind of mock-up because right. i mean it's obviously fake but it doesn't have that sort of compressed charm of like the super nintendo or the chip yeah. tune sound of yeah um but it, it, i also think it's a sound that many of us who compose or have write music you know and have had to implement things or work on notation platforms or whatever uh, are very familiar with these sounds <laughs> it's a, a love hate thing there's a nostalgia i guess to it but it's like we don't know if it's ever a good nostalgia it's a very weird middle ground so anyway uh, let's let's go back to Will. Yeah, I'm going to play a track that I've never played before on the podcast from Superstar Squadron, a Ooh, project that nice. I did with Carlos a couple years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's sort of in the in the vein of like a, a you know side scroller space shooter series. Um, and Shoot we em had up, sort yeah. of fun coming up with the lore, much like Downforce. Um, and the, I, I think there is, there are some similarities between the sound musically speaking of superstar squadron and the sound of downforce. I think both I of think them so. go for that sort of slash chords, seventies fusion thing, except this is all done in family tracker in his eight bit. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. Also the, the naming conventions, all the stage themes are named after different planets or moons in the solar system. I love so that. This track is called mission Enceladus.
good. Oh my god. You guys are listening to Mission Enceladus. That's a tough word to say. Is that a moon? It is a moon, yeah. Very I cool. I believe it is one of the moons of Jupiter. We just talk about that moon and don't talk about the music at all. Yeah, no, this one's so groovy. It's uh, it's this combination of like a dance party, and there's definitely some J-Fusion vibes in here, but it's also very rousing and like filmic. Like This would be like a really good... Uh, kind of heroic theme for a character who's like rescuing someone in a, like you know an old school movie, but it's thanks. It's just yeah, a lot of fun. One of my uh, initial inspirations for the album was the game Air Fortress, which has a lot of that very filmic, heroic, kind of brass type melodies. And yeah. so, what was fun about this project is a, a lot of the melodic ideas were that these very you know open fifth leaps and kind of big heroic type melodies but done in a very video gamey fusiony style um i also had a lot of motown influence on some of these tracks that i i yeah. listened to a lot of like uh motown kind of brass writing and string writing and stuff to uh figure out kind of what was going on in some of these moments because That's i really thought cool. that would also kind of give it that kind of retro-y charm to make it sound like it wasn't it definitely written, does. you know this year but written maybe back in the 80s or 90s love that track one of my favorites it's hard to pick favorites from that album but that one is one of my favorites for sure well guys one of the exciting things we do not every original showcase but most of them is we slowly and surely add on to our album in days of old it's an it's original SNES album that <laughs> two tracks at a time once a year or maybe over the past like something like four years we've added to this and we each have two new tracks today so how fun is that the track uh that i wrote is called to snowbound village and it's it's a little more playful i think than anything else on the album um i was picturing when i when i wrote this i was in my head i was picturing a very cute village um that you have to explore and there's these really cute bunnies that are hopping around. And so there's a slap kind of funky guitar element to this track that for some reason in my head, I was thinking of these little bunnies. And so, yes, there's a playfulness to this track, a lightness to it. But I hope that it does blend with the world of In Days of Old as well. I hope you guys enjoy To Snowbound Village.
You guys are listening to In Days of Old to Snowbound Village. Wow, this game just got a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I was... picture this actually not as a village theme, but as like mm. the your journey. On, if you think of like Paper Mario, yes. you know, if you're getting from one point to another. So this is yes. like the area in the overworld where maybe you're like scaling a mountain to get to a village. Uh, but it's a little bit more fun, and maybe some of the enemies are, are kind of goofy. You see and the stuff. bunnies for the first time, maybe, and you're kind of following them to Snowbound. Well, or maybe those are like playable enemies. If you bump into them, now you, you yeah. you're in like a battle with the bunnies. You know what or was funny? So when I sat down to write this, my my main goal was I just want this to be fun. I really want it to bring a fun energy to it. Um, and it was interesting where I ended up was was kind of a different place than maybe what I what I even expected. But yeah. Um, I think I had a little bit of leftover hum energy, I will say, <laughs> from this past fall for doing that like every Saturday for many, many weeks. Um, but yeah, I hope this fits. I hope this brings a different energy to the album. I really enjoyed making well, this. I, I think, you know, JRPG soundtracks are very quirky and eclectic. And there's true. so many tracks... Uh, in like the Final Fantasy series, for instance, that if you listen to it on your own, you wouldn't necessarily think Final Fantasy. So mm-hmm. I think this does a good job of, you know, some of the chords, those like quintal, big, rich string chords and stuff do evoke that. But in right. general, it's a lot more some of those fusiony slash chords. And it, in general, it's just a lot more rhythmic and fun, which I think hopefully will complement the album in a really nice way. I, I love cool. that too, because it's like a snowbound village, sort of perfect in time for Christmas. Exactly. And mine hopefully also fits in time for Christmas because it's very nostalgic. And uh, the track is called remembering childhood. Ooh, can't wait. Let's take a listen. guys listening to remembering childhood 
another brand new tune that's added now to our album in days of old this is so gorgeous i'm so every time that we do this i'm so delighted by how contrasting our pieces usually are and and that's maybe the most extreme example today it's so beautiful there's that section that reminds me of the emotion of secret of the forest Mm -hmm. um I'm learning a lot about Will today. I didn't know Will was a Japanese composer, but I mean, listening to this, I mean, (laughs) that just has to be the case, right? (laughs) This is just so delightful. It reminds me of a lot of the JRPG music that we both love. However, it kind of goes a little further in certain directions. Like there's some really advanced harmony. Like there's plenty Mm -hmm. of advanced harmony in those scores, but... I don't know. There's just certain moves certain, that like jazz I don't know if I've voicings heard. and dissonances and at stuff. At least yeah. in those games back then, I might hear them now in modern scores, but I love that combination. Yeah, this is really well done. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like as the years go on, um, I, I feel less need in my chiptunes to only go as far as the music that I'm celebrating because part yes. of me feels like it's not really too. worth standing on its own as a piece of music if you're not bringing something to it I uh, totally agree with own. you and that's why I feel like the in days of old tracks I really like because since it wasn't necessarily it wasn't like this is our chrono trigger album it was a little bit more vague and again, yeah. since it wasn't for a game or it wasn't for a project, it, I, I I feel a sense of freedom in the music to um, linger more on more something longer too. than I would want or use more extended harmonies than maybe I would use in another context. If you guys listen to the beginning, so it literally is chronological. So the very first two tracks were the first two we made and every single subsequent two are chronological. And so if you listen to the beginning of the album, it is a lot more clearly I guess I would say homage, sending up those scores. And then now to the point where we're just making music that in an emotional sense, we think fits that. And it's definitely a, still a love letter to to those composers and those scores. Right. But I mean, when I'm free. writing melodies, I'm still very much thinking about, I want to sound like a Japanese game composer. For sure. You know, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. I mean, kind of those big leaps and like landing on the major seventh of the but in, one it's, and it's four It's really chords, fun but. to include things that you didn't get to hear back back in the day. And so yeah, certain, some of those dissonances where there's kind of like a, an augmented chord for a moment or that kind of sharp nine sound or whatever without tooting our own horn i gotta say i i think in days of old's a pretty good album and it just keeps getting longer i'm very proud of what we've done so far okay so yeah check out our Bandcamp page guys you can find those last two uh this is so fun so delightful one of the happiest things i've heard in a long time and you guys are going to be smiling so big from this this is a piece of marty's We asked Marty if there was a track he wanted to share today. He emailed this to me, and I was so glad he did because I heard this when he made this. I think it was, I want to say it was like early 2020 when he made this, but this is, this is great. It's called My Buddy Carlos. Yeah, that's, that's true. He made a song for his friend Carlos. It's like Carlos' theme song. It's a ska song. It's a ska song. Carlos has been asking for from What we've all been asking for. So I want to set this up. Marty uh, (laughs) has a lot of these really great stems uh, from classic tunes that he grew up with. One of the stems sessions that he has is Sellout by Real Big Fish. And so he was able to take these stems 
uh, and kind of craft his own <laughs> and manipulate them to craft his own ska song, which is such a delight. So let's take a listen to Marty's My Buddy Carlos. If that wasn't a delight, if that did not put a smile on your face, you should check your pulse. My buddy Carlos, Smarty wrote uh, our good friend Carlos <laughs> theme song of his own, and finally we're sharing it on the podcast with everybody because Carlos is definitely uh, you know an infamous figure in the Mercado lore and network and fam. Uh, yeah, I have to talk to Marty because in addition to the real big fish, I'm hearing like he must have had like a 311 down session stems as well because i was hearing some like 311 style uh distorted guitar or he just got the right tone for that it's so 90s so nostalgic the vocals are just absolutely adorable and perfect yeah, yeah this really makes me smile very fantastic i mean it, it, i love the melody too and that like cute pitched up it sounds like the animal crossing kk approach to vocals um but it does capture the spirit I, of carlos one of my favorite um, things about the song is the B section or the bridge section that mm-hmm. it sounds like a Weezer song because it sort of modulates yeah. that chorus. It takes place on the five in the key region of the five. Um, and so it's this interesting color shift when we get to the chorus and it's very quirky. And even the way he doubles that last melodic line with a synth up the octave just feels totally Weezer. Yeah. And it's great because Weezer is one of those bands that, you know, I think of as kind of like being attached to the nineties and early two thousands in the way that I think of Scott and, you know, it just, he really did a good job of not just nailing the arrangement of Scott, but the kind of songwriting instincts that were popular in that decade. So good. And I have a lot of nostalgia of that decade uh, as well, because, you know, Marty would show me everything he was listening to. And so very cool. Okay. Let's move on to a track of mine. This is A piece that I wrote this fall, uh, I was working on a project and uh, I came up with this, like you ever do this, Will, when you're trying to write something and you end up writing something totally different and you kind of have to follow that just so that you don't forget it. Totally. And then eventually you can move on to what you were actually supposed to do. Um, But you kind of have this little sidetrack. That's what happened with this. Uh, It's called, I'm calling it, You Have Lost Everything. (laughs) Kind of a dramatic title. Uh, Let's take a listen to this piece. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to You Have Lost Everything. Man, what a bummer. <laughs> this is a track that I composed this fall. Um, and yeah, I didn't spend very long on the instrument choice and the implementation of it. It was just to get the idea down. Uh, there's kind of a silly synth instrument that is this one little short response uh, near the middle of the tune that I definitely would want to switch with something else um, at some point. But yeah, I, I was pleased with this idea and I'm glad that I didn't forget it. I think it's pretty good. It's a beautiful melody. I mean, I love Thank the you. chord changes. I love the the preciousness of a, a very simple theme, just a few notes, even yeah. rhythms. Um, it's just outstanding. Thank and, you. Uh, there's a quality to that melody and the melancholic nature of it that reminds me of like the underwater crashed frigate from Metroid Prime. Ah, um, and sure. a lot of this also feels very Zelda to me. Some of those mm-hmm. um, beautiful extended chords and going to things like the flat two or uh, yeah. what have you. And it definitely, you know, Joe Hisaishi influence, you know, I think um, I can hear that in this kind of writing, but I also love the purity of that. It sounds like an ocarina um, instrument for the melody, but because yeah. it's synth, it's this, mm-hmm. it almost like kind of in between a sine wave and an acoustic instrument. Um, yeah, which I think it gives it a really mellow and subdued color. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's uh, the one of the instruments that I really did like, and that I was pleased with. So yeah, very cool. All right, let's go back to you, Will. Okay, I'm really excited for this. Uh, This is a track that I made as an assignment for my electronic orchestration class. And I'm going to tell you the assignment, and then I'm not going to say anything about the track. What the assignment was, was to record a sound. Um, Any sound, it can be anything, but we have to just record a sound between, you know, two to five seconds. Um, So I was going to record something in my apartment, and we have to make the entire track out of that sound, meaning that, Love that. Um, whether you can you can um, pitch it up, pitch it down, you can produce it, you can kind of transform it with reverb and delay and bit crushing and distortion. You could do anything that you wanted to this sound other than put it um, as part of like a granular synthesizer um, sure. because that's a little bit sort of cheating. Uh, so I had to make a piece of music out of this sound I recorded. And then the specifics of the assignment was that, so the beginning of the track needs to obscure the sound. You shouldn't be able to tell what it is. Mm-hmm. And by some point in the middle, you should actually just hear the sound totally unprocessed as it is, and then go back in uh, the second half. You're meant to use the same sound in a different way. So the beginning of this has more of a like, you'll hear it. Um, All right, let's take a listen. It's a short enough thing we can listen to the whole thing, and then I'll tell you what the sound is at the end. Spritz and flame.
Wow. <laughs> that is really cool. That was Spritz and Flame by Will. And so we heard in the middle there, we definitely heard what the sound was. So it was just a squirt bottle? So what it was is I, I wanted a sound that sort of tells a little bit of a story. So it's the sound of me striking a match and then spraying mm. it out with a squirt bottle. Mm. So uh, it, since I did it all in this short amount of time, there were a lot of sounds that I could use. The strike of the match, the mm-hmm. sort of hiss of the flame, yeah. and then the squirt bottle, and then also the of the water itself. So by using different one of those sounds and by really messing with it, you know, because if you think about it, like you take that bloom sound and you pitch it down a lot and then you EQ out, you filter out all the top end and then you cut it really short so that it has a just a boop, boop, boop. That's how I was able to make like a kick drum sound. And the ding, ding from the lighter um, you can hear. Or I forget, yeah, it's a lighter, not a um, match. Uh, But you can hear the ding of the lighter that I transformed into like a pitch instrument. And so it was just really fun. Kind what of a dangerous to... assignment this was for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like cool. Cause the first half sounds more like music. It sounds actually, I think really cool, almost like a hip hop kind of style, yeah. but all with yeah. this produce. And then the second half is more sound designing. It's crazy how texture. good that kick drum sounded. <laughs> yeah. That Thanks. was, that was really cool. That was, very different than anything we've ever played on Original Showcase. So kudos, Will, to, to that. Um, all right. The last track of mine today is another FM tune. Uh, this is a Battle of the Bits tune. Um, I've actually started hosting some one-hour and two-hour battles this fall, and it's been a really good time. Um, you know, every, every once in a while, I'll just host something, and so I'll come up with a theme um, and this was some imaginary thing I came up with where imagine you're some flying character with a jetpack and you're battling this other, you know, your rival who also has a jetpack. And so all the tracks were really cool. Um, this was mine. It's called Flying Rivals Battle. You guys are listening to Flying Rivals Battle. Um, yeah, this is cool. As you guys are hearing, there's also some synths in here and some electronic drum samples as well. And so it's a little bit of a fusion. Um, but yeah, this one was was really fun. Uh, the chorus, I, I really wanted to make it really big and dancey and exciting. Uh, later on in the track, you guys might be hearing there's, there's a synth solo that happens as well. Um, but yeah, this one I had a lot of fun with. I did this only in a few hours. 
This is great. Again, uh, with 16-bit music, I love the interacting of all the different lines that when you listen to it, you just feel that busyness of the subdivision. Yes. Um, but if you focus your ear, you could identify all the different individual colors that are moving at once. But it's more about that idea of homogeneity of kind of yeah. like it all becomes one texture rather than the idea of like counterpoint, which is about being able to discern these individual melodies that all kind of form together and i for think sure i mean you've done so much music in this style i, I can tell it's probably second nature to you at this yeah point. it's true <laughs> i will admit that yeah absolutely guys well we've reached the last track of the day and it happens to be the playout so will before we go uh why don't you set up set up the playout for us so I sort of bookended my tracks today with Genesis chip tunes. The first one was that Neon City, that sort of funk and groovy, more lively piece. And this one yeah. I thought would be a good play out because it's very chill. It's a sort of awesome. chilled out 6-8 groove and it's very slow. It's not, it does have a melody, but a mm-hmm. lot of it is just about the groove. And then there's a couple that. solos. So I thought also this would be one that, that you would like, Carl. I can't wait to hear it. Well, thank you so much guys for listening to our episode today, hearing what we've been up to lately. One more time, I wanted to give a plug to The Ultimate Hum, which is coming out this Saturday, the 26th. It should be, you know, all over online on our social media. Definitely listen to the album. There's, I think, 45 tracks. It's a massive compilation by so many talented composers. Really, I think something for everyone. If you like RPG music or even just video game music, I think you guys are really going to like it. So check that out. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the video that I put up last Saturday, uh, which was uh, a few winter-themed VGM covers. I had a good time making that. And Will, uh, anything you got coming up, anything you want to plug here? Well, I'm happy to be on break, and hopefully I can resume some personal musical projects. Like, I'd like to get back to Hero of Legend. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Emma and I, uh, have been writing a lot of new songs for Ember Willow. So I know we want to work on something like that over the break. Uh, but yeah, I'm just excited. I'm going to be back in Minnesota for a little while. So hopefully you and I will get to see each other and Mm -hmm. that'll be nice. Can't wait. All right, guys, we're going to play you out with safe and sound. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And my name is Will Brueggemann. Have a great week and happy holidays, everybody. Peace out. (laughs) 